Estate planning and wills. Every lawyer and advisor says we should have one. At least I think so. But what exactly do we need? Join us as we talk about the essential estate plan that everyone needs and how to get it at an affordable cost. Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. Welcome to this episode of Label on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell, and joining me is Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Authenticity and also author of the book Living with Financial Anxiety. And you strive, as I can tell, Label, to take the anxiety out of living with financial issues. Hello and welcome back. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. So glad to be with you. And we had a really robust conversation the last time we were here. And now let's expand on that, if you don't mind. I'm wondering, Label, if you could tell us, and this was beneficial the last time we talked, we want to talk about estate planning, as we mentioned in Wills. What is estate planning? Is it a misnomer when we say estate planning? Yeah, I think that you're spot on that, right? I think calling it an estate plan makes people think of these grand old estates from like people had in the early 1900s, right? You go out and have mansions and palaces and whatever. But the truth is that it's become a term that, and I think the better way to think of it is financial continuity, right? Like how do we ensure financial continuity and financial security for the people that we love, right? That to me is what we should be worried about, how we divvy up our assets. I've yet to meet the person who was very concerned about that, but they are usually very concerned of how do I make sure that my spouse is taken care of, especially if one spouse makes all the financial decisions and the other one goes along for the ride. What do what do we do to ensure that they can take over those finances and that they're not left in ruin? That, that That's question number one. And I think that before you even get to wills and trusts and all those kind of vehicles, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the financial continuity plan. Everyone, we're talking about estate planning and trust. So with that regard, in that regard, so tell me why it's important for individuals regardless of their wealth, to have a financial continuity plan or estate plan? So the what you want to know is, and I'm speaking for myself, and I think the vast majority of people who I meet, this is a reflection of how they feel. But their biggest concern is, will their, will their loved ones be taken care of when they're gone? That is what they're concerned about. And what that means to them usually is they want to know that their bills are going to be take, paid for. They want to know that their loved one isn't going to run out of money. They want to know that their loved one knows where all their money is, right? And that their loved one feels safe in the fact that if their spouse dropped dead tomorrow, that they would be taken care of, that they wouldn't be left in financial ruin or in chaos. And to me and to the people I talk about, that's once they get past the idea of, do I have enough money to retire? That's their next big burning question. And sometimes it's reverse, right? It's that's their big burning question that leads them to then the question of how much money can I retire on? And I think we need to come up with a plan that gives that financial continuity that makes us feel confident that we have a plan because until we feel confident with that plan, we're not going to be able to enjoy anything in life because every bit of enjoyment is going to be 
is going to be combined with this bitter pill of, but this can be all gone tomorrow. But I won't know what to do if my my loved one got hit by a bus, right? Wow. And, I had that visual in my mind. Thanks a lot, Label. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. So what does, are, is there a fundamental financial continuity plan? What do you need to have an effective estate plan? So I think number one is you need to have a you need to have a document or a central repository, something that both spouses can access that shows just a list of what are all the accounts that we have, who are they with, and how do we access them, right? You need to know what your financial standing is. You need to know where those resources are. That I think that's step number one. Step number two is you want to make sure that in the event of one spouse passing, that the surviving spouse will be able to access all of that money and that they know what to do in order to access that money. So with a bank account, that means having a joint bank account. Or if you have separate bank accounts, it means listing each other as the pay on death or transfer on death. So that person can then walk into the bank and say, my spouse had an account. I was listed on the account. What do I need to do to get access to it? And usually that process can happen pretty quickly so that there isn't that disruption of how do I pay for my gas and electric? How do I pay the car payments? How do I pay rent or mortgage? You want to know that they have those resources available to them. So joint account, pay on death, that's number one. And number two is you got to list out what your expenses are, right? There needs to be, you both need to be on the same page as that, but it's when my dad died, we were piecing together so much stuff because they he had married his wife just a few years prior. They both they were both in their 60s at the time. And it was the when you get remarried at 60 in your 60s, you have a life, right? And right. you have your own ways of doing things. And they never really got to the point of merging their finances because it was such a new relationship. And then they were in the battling cancer mode. And so Having just having that document and outlining it and making sure that there's somebody who knows and can make sure that those things, those essentials are taken care of instead of piecing it together when you're in the least bit of mind frame of mind to deal with it is, is critically important, I think. Sounds um, like a WPA, a written plan of action. So where can we get yeah. a written plan of action or a template to list all these account numbers and passwords? That's what I think where I think you're going with this. So that anyone can have access to it who should have access to it. Yep. So you can go on our website. We've got a free guide called the five minute estate plan. I recommend that everyone start there. At the end of that guide, you'll also see it. There's a list of resources of other websites that will help you guide you, guide you through that process. There's, you can just Google memorial plan. There's a whole lot of them out there. You can know that freewell.com has a great resources, but essentially you just want to start listing it out, right? Is what accounts do I have? How do I access them? Usernames and passwords. Who are the important people in our life that we need to contact? And then you get into the, the non-financial stuff of how do, how do we want to be buried? What do we want our end of days to be like? And we need to answer those questions because my dad, it was the day he died that I, he happened to be lucid. And I asked him, do you have any thoughts of where you want to be buried? And if it wasn't, if I didn't happen to be there in those five minutes when he was lucid and I asked him that question and we had a conversation about it, we would have never known. And that's something that like, you know, I 
I don't think any of us would have felt the same about burying him without knowing what his wishes were. And so getting that clarity and making sure that your loved ones know what you want is important. It's very important that we just, we like to not think about these things, but just do it once and then you can forget about it. It's done. So is this also, I don't mean to be morbid, you use the analogy of being hit by a bus, pardon me. So is this also where you list whom you don't want assets to go to as well? Well, I, ideally your asset transfer plan is independent of this document, right? Because ideally you'll have set up all your assets to transfer on death to the people you want. And that should be done really at the time that the account is opened. And if your financial advisor hasn't walked you through that process, then that's something you should absolutely do. And it's something that like I, my day job is chief technology officer for a fintech firm. We have that built into our software, whether the advisors like it or not. We ask them that question of who do you want to be the beneficiaries of these accounts? You definitely want to get that set up. You want to make sure that as much of your assets as possible transfer prior, based on agreements prior to death. So it's not based on your will or your trust or whatever that you set up. It's based on those other documents, so you don't have to worry about it. So it sounds, and correct, I'm sure you will correct me if I'm wrong. So it's <laughs> how you own your assets more important label than your will? A hundred percent. If you own your assets properly, then your will becomes irrelevant, right? Your will just talk about your material possessions, your, i.e. Non, your non-financial possessions, so things like the stuff in your home. Right, which ideally, if you've got a surviving spouse, it all goes to them, right? But then you can say, okay, if neither of us survived, right, we both got hit by a bus at the same time, then I want it to go to, or more likely you're going to say, please sell everything except for X, Y, Z, which I want to go to this kid or that kid or whatever. And let's be honest, right? At the point that we are no longer around to dictate what happens to our stuff, right, no matter how much we put into these documents, it's not going to enforce anything that's going to happen because ultimately it's going to be up to whoever we list as the executor or whoever knows about this will or whoever actually cares enough about it to take action. And they're going to be the ones who make those decisions. So unless someone feels very strongly and no, I'm going to sue because daddy said I get this. The document doesn't really mean anything. It just gives legal authority to sell the things so that when they go to sell your house or your car or whatever, they can transfer the title, that the DMV will allow them to do it, or the state will allow them to register it. That's all the will does is it gives them that authority. But what they're doing with that authority, you got to trust them that they're doing what you want. Interesting. We're just about out of time. Last time when we were together, you mentioned the three different major types of trust one that if you expect that you might be sued, that type of trust and an irrevocable trust and a testamentary trust. So I'm gathering from the conversations we've had the last couple of weeks that people should have trust, number one, a will secondarily. I think that you should have neither. I think you should have a will just to outline your wishes. I think that trust only makes sense if you have specific needs after death. So let's say you have a mixed marriage where you've got kids, a blended marriage, right? Where you have kids from two different marriages. So maybe a trust would make sense in that scenario where you're going to say, okay, the assets, while 
while my wife's still alive, she can use it for all the kids, but I want this money. I want to reserve some money to pay for colleges for my biological kids versus hers, something like that. Or if you have a spouse who, you know, doesn't know how to spend their money, they're not money conscious. So then maybe you'll put it in a trust and say, I want to make sure that it's managed in a certain way and that they can't, it's called a spendthrift trust, make sure that they can't spend the principal down too much. So you might do something like that, or if you have a kid with disabilities, right, that's another reason to do it. But in trust, generally, unless you have a very specific purpose for it, or you have complicated estate planning needs, like lots of kids and grandkids, then I don't recommend having a trust. I think I asked the question in reverse, but thank you for straightening that out. And if you like more information about what you've just heard today, you can go to yields4u.com. And you have the five-minute estate planning guide there. And is that free of charge? Yep. Yeah, all our resources on our website, almost all of them are free of charge. We've got a few classes. We do have a class on estate planning. I think that's got, it's like for 20 bucks or something. Okay. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. Thank you for enlightening us. And I think lives are going to be better as a result. And here's your personal invitation to join us next week when we talk about living wills and how to ensure that you're taken care of in a way that you want when that time comes. This is Label on Fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.